Hello, bro. Hey, man. Yo. Hello, hello. Yo. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine, too. Okay, bet. Yeah, I have it. My music was playing in the background. I was like, hold on, hold on. Something's going on. I can see his mouth moving, but I don't hear him. I hear Rick Ross. <laughs> How you doing, family? You good? Man, yeah, I'm blessed, man. Let's let's get right into it, man. I'll introduce oh, yeah, yourself sure. and uh, give us something that you're grateful for. Cool question. My name's Ray. Um, I'm a medical assistant and a professional basketball player. What am I grateful for? Damn, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful that I'm still here. I'm grateful that I'm existing, I'm living, and I've got the opportunity to grow every day. Amen. You know? Opportunity to grow every day. Yeah. So how did you grow into being in a lab and then also hooping? Like, how does, how does that transpire? Can you take me back to, you know, younger, younger Ray? You know, how oh, did you boy. walk us through this, man? Walk us through this story. Oh, boy. Um, so I was... Uh, I was what you call a really weird kid in school. Was didn't really have many friends. Was kind of sort of outcasted by the rest of the people that I went to school with and stuff, and all of these things there. But was introduced to basketball by well, my dad took me to like a local youth center. And was like, yeah, you need to do some. So went over there, met my coach, who then became like one of the most, if not the most important person in my life. Learned the game and really enjoyed it. It was almost like an escape from you know bullying and all this and that and the other. Um, but that's what it was at the time, you know. But obviously, the more I started to play and, and everything, the more I got into it. And uh, yeah, I just learned from there. And I had opportunities to go abroad. And, um, you know, my dad being a typical Nigerian parent that he is, you know, wants me to be an academic. So, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to do those things. You know, that kind of, that was a whole other issue for itself. If you could uh, clarify, when you say abroad, where were you living? And then where did you have an opportunity to go abroad to? So I was um, I was here. I was in London. And um, I was playing in, you know, the London Schools League, as it was, as it is here. And um, played one game. And the coach for the other team was desperate to take me to the Canary Islands, to take me to Spain, because they were open up... Uh, they're opening up a new academy, a new um, Spanish league team out there. And yeah, they were gonna they wanted to school me there, they wanted to train me up there to potentially play for their top division team. So yeah, I was supposed to be doing that. It was gonna take me and one of the kids from the school he was coaching. Um his name's Timmy, actually. He went, I didn't hurt me. It hurt me a lot because I didn't just see it as a basketball thing. I saw it as a way out of some of the stuff I was dealing with with bullying and things like that. You know, just after that, I kept my head down. It affected me in school, but um, my old coach then became like a father figure in my life. So I turned to him for everything that I was, you know, dealing with and that I was going through and just kept going with basketball, kept grinding with school. And then while I was still at uni, my old coach passed away. But, well, it will be 10 years ago in a month and a bit. So, you know, that hurt me, dropped out of uni, stopped playing basketball after that because I was like the reason why I was doing it in the first place ain't here no more so I stopped playing um tried to go back to uni again didn't work out and I wasn't happy for a few years um just with everything I felt like I didn't really have anyone to sort of or anything to sort of keep me balanced and sane and intact as a 
human being. It was like and, it's less. Sorry. It was like almost like a almost like a, a sense of purpose less. Yes, yes. It was. I felt empty. That's what I felt. I felt empty. You know, the person that was there wasn't there. The thing that was there for me consistently since I was ten wasn't there anymore. Um, tried to go back to uni. Um, didn't work out the second time. Just from a financial standpoint, so I thought I need to figure out a way to make my family happy and myself happy. So you know. Um, started to deviate into the work side of things and try to get into the medical field that way. Was an apprentice, worked for free for a year and eventually got my first job. And uh, job allowed me to sort of go back to university on a day release basis. So I'd go study like twice a week and go work the rest of the, the rest of the week and things like that. So I did that, which was a blessing. It was, you know, I was able to sort of put everything together with that. And, um, after a year or two, I decided, you know what, let me go back and see what I can do with basketball. I ended up playing National League basketball again. Well, not again for the first time. Um, started like at the very bottom, <laughs> you know, Division 4, not getting a run with like the the top players or whatever that to begin with. And towards the end of the season, I'm starting games, I'm closing games, I'm rounding into a really, really interesting basketball player. So um, from there, I sort of went up a league ended up playing for this team called Greenwich, Greenwich Titans, you know, you know about them. Uh, played Division 3 that year, won the league that year. I was league MVP. I started to think to myself, hold on, something's, something's happening here. Then next season, went up another division. At this point, I've got maybe two two years left of, no, I lie, three years left of studies, left, studies to go. I'm balancing everything out great. Um, Division two comes, we survive in the league and I finished third in MVP voting. And I'm like, okay, turns out I'm actually pretty good at this. So um, the following season, I ended up playing my first pro year. I ended up playing for a team called Essex Leopards who obviously don't exist no more. And I had the most amazing time. Large crowds, cameras, people just watching me, building a fan base. People actually like, I'm walking around certain places in St. Albans and Brentwood and people look at me like, hey, I know who you are, that's the Bushman. And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it feels good. And, um, you know, I'm just, again, at the same time, plying through studies, plying through work full time. I had no time to myself, but I was so determined to just be happy, determined to be a success at everything that I wanted to do. Mm. And I just kept going anyway. Fast forward three or four years, I'm an established pro. I got my degree, happened in July. Just finished the season at London Elite. Uh, we won the league. I made the British Team of the Year. Made the Team of the Year. Yeah, looking forward to another Division One. You know, another Division One um, season, and you know, working towards you know being a doctor. You know, I'm going to go to medical school hopefully in the next couple of years. You know, establish myself in that field too. Um, that being said, because of how everything sort of panned together. My relationship with me, my dad has never been stronger. So, um, yeah, like, I think the way that my life has gone with regards to basketball and work is like everything sort of came together in a way that basketball such a, played such an influence in my life with regards to growing up as a man and with regards to my decision-making, with regards to the paths that I want to choose and establishing relationships and, like especially this year, giving back, you know, I'm mentoring now. I'm 
you know, there's a, lot, a couple of kids looking up to me. There's a couple of kids playing in the national finals, national final fours um, this weekend in the north. And, you know, I, you know, mentored them for most of the season. So it's nice to sort of see their growth as people as well. So, you know, just being able to give back and, and everything is just, I think, yeah, it's just, I'm just grateful to be where I'm at because there is a universe where I wouldn't be. So what I'm thinking, because I'm like, I'm visualizing your your entire journey, you know, I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, that kid that always has like the hood on, yeah, out of class, but like they good, good grades, they're handling their business, but like they're just like kind of like a loner. And then yeah. this kid out of nowhere, you know, he starts like hooping, then he gets better and better and keeps climbing the ladders. But this kid still remains himself. Yeah. It's not like he's, you know, his foundation is still solid due to, to mentors and things, but it's not like he's letting that get to his head he's still keeping his head down staying the course um and growing as an individual can you speak yeah. to uh what are some of the things that young individuals or people in general need to do to make sure as they're climbing that ladder of success whatever that success is for you mm. that they still maintain that humility that humbleness it's funny i asked me that i actually did a talk with some england kids a few months ago and um that was actually a topic of discussion. And one of the things I said was remembering your why, remembering what your purpose, why you're doing certain things and what that thing means to you. You know, one of the main reasons why I started playing basketball again was, you know, to honor my coach, to make myself happy, to make myself feel whole in a situation, in, in a circumstance where I felt like I was missing something really, really big in my soul so when i play i put everything into it um i don't forget where i've came i don't forget where i come from and i don't want to go back to that um i was raised in the hood one of the most dangerous places in london at the time and i always told myself i don't want to be like the people i see i don't want to be like my next door neighbor i don't want to be like the people i see across the road i want to do something different i want to influence people a different way i want to influence happiness a different way I want to make my parents proud. Um, just, yeah, just remembering your why, remembering your purpose. And also understanding that results that you gain in the moment don't actually determine the kind of person that you should be. You know, I've hit a lot of roadblocks along the way. Um, you know, again, losing my coach, having a mental block with a lot of different things. I've, like, I've discovered a couple of years ago that i um, been living this whole time as an autistic kid and nobody knew. My parents are the kind of, obviously, their traditional Nigerian parents, they don't like to diagnose their kids. So, you know, um, I'm what, and now I'm a high-functioning high autistic adult, but, you know, having to grow up with that, it's, you know, a little bit difficult with regards to mental blocks and stuff and processing information because I was so eager to sort of make myself and, you know, my old coach, proud of me and happy and everything i just wanted to work as hard as i could and you know try to change the narrative of the things that i was dealing with in my everyday in my everyday but me as a person is remember always this is just with life like you know work dating basketball put your best foot forward and you know how do i put this only person that you know how to be a hundred percent of the time is yourself if you can remain true to yourself, then you've completed half the task that that's at hand, whether it is dating or 
work or an interview or whatever it is, if you can stay 100% you, because that's the only person that you know how to be, then, then yeah, half the, half the problem's finished. So mm. I'll just sort of put that forward too. That was, that was dope. Uh, one, because no excuses. That That's, that's almost like, like, you know, you telling me, I, cause I didn't know, he said, I'm a highly functioning autistic. Like, and he's, and, and you mentioned the challenges that come with it, but nonetheless, my man's is a doctor and still playing pro basketball. So <laughs> how do you, because there are times and situations, you know, uh, I'll share a fact with you. This is here in the States. I'm sure it's probably the same in the UK. Yeah. Only 4% of young black men who grow up in poverty end up getting out of poverty. Mm. Or to not allow excuses the system, the color of my skin, the limitations that come with that, uh, mm. the learning disability, the the learning disabilities, right? To not allow that to be an excuse. What what can we do? Because it's 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 easy to feel sorry for ourselves, right? When you have mm. a goal, something's not going for you. The ref is going against you. Yeah, basketball, right? Like, how do you maintain that mindset of like, regardless of the excuses? I'm still going to do everything in my power to accomplish that. Or what would you reckon? It's hard. Um, the statistic is alarming, especially in the States, because it's also very similar over here. I was one of those people that was raised in, you know, first generation Nigerian parents come over to the UK, didn't have much. You know, it was hard, you know, growing up and, and especially in an environment that was so volatile as the one I grew up in. But my parents are very prideful they want the best for the family for themselves but most of it is they're just so prideful that they won't take no for an answer they want to be the best that they could be for siblings children parents it doesn't matter who it is they want to be the best at what they can be as an as a traditional nigerian that's something that's i've carried with me throughout um, I'm only in control of the things that I can control. Um, I can control myself, but I'm also a very prideful individual. I don't like to lose. Like I could lose graciously. I can do all of these things, but in my head, I'm just like, this happened. How can I make sure this doesn't happen again? It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's basketball or whatever. I just don't like to lose. And my parents sort of put that in me. I can't, I'm not allowed to, you know, like from even very early, if I don't do, if I don't do well in an exam, they were planning to send me to Nigeria and send me to the village and I was never going to see the UK again. That kind of disciplinary action, you know? Mm. So I was like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to stay here. I have to make sure I do what I need to do. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and chop firewood in the village of my grandma. I'm not trying to do that, mm. you know? Yeah, I just don't want to lose. And the only way I can, can stay winning is to control me. I'm the only thing that I can control. I'm like, you see me play basketball. You know, I'm a very unorthodox basketball player. I'm very technically unsound, but I can do a lot of things that nobody else likes to do really well. Diving on the floor, playing defense, rebounding on both ends, running the floor hard, doing all of those things that are really, really hard to sort of instill in anyone these days. That is a microcosm of how I live my life. Mm. I just keep going and going and going and I'm not going to stop until I reach where I want to reach. You know, medical school's coming. I'm fully ready for that. I'm excited for it. 
I'm ready to kick it to us. Division one's coming. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to kick it to us. Like, it's just the way that I do things. I see a wall, I go through it. I don't try and climb over it. I just go through it. And I'm like, whatever happens, happens. If I break my arm, put a sling on it, and I'm just going to keep going. You know, that's just <laughs> the way that I do. You know, this is yeah. the way I grew up. It's just the very look. I've even got the Nigeria flag next to me, back behind me. It's just the mm. way that we do things. Yeah. There's a saying in Nigeria about my people. We don't know what the definition of last place is. That's what it translates to me. You know, anything that my, like, Deltons seem to touch, we make sure that we're number one and nothing else. We don't know what last place means. And I don't like feeling like I am not the best that I can be as a person. So I try to make sure I don't know what last place feels like, let alone what it looks like. It's like, a, like, and, and I love your response to that, that whole like no excuses thing. It's like a, almost like a culmination of what you said before, knowing where you come from and knowing like having that, that pridefulness and still, I mean, you can't lose. It's like the yeah. alternative is I go back to like, it's almost like a, there was, there was a, a famous conqueror, I guess, famous, right? In, in his yeah. story, <laughs> traveled to one of the <laughs> islands and I guess he burned the boats. Yeah. Um, and said, hey, like we have to conquer this island or we don't go back home. Like, yeah, and it's almost you have to see your goals in that way. Like yeah. there is no other. There's no yeah, other. There's, you have no choice. You have no yeah, choice I whatsoever. Choice. I have to win or I am screwed kind of mentality. You know, yeah. like my parents had to try and survive in a situation where they had no papers. They didn't have any of this. We're like, no, we have to make this work because if we don't, we are screwed you know yeah. and they did and then they had me and then i'm trying to make it work but that's yeah. just the way that i'm trying to do you know all right so now we get to the segment especially i, I would love to do this with you we're going to drop some gems on some youngins like when it comes to basketball and developing and growing mm. um, as a player because you've obviously went through that process of being you know at the lowest of the lows of the division to working your way up to the top yeah so let's talk about routines and habits all right what are some routines and habits that young athletes need to begin instilling to help them, you know, work their way up to the top? I think Marshall Lynch said this, take care of your chickens, take care of your mentals. In this case, obviously mentals is just, you wake up in the morning, you say a prayer, thank God that you're here. Thank God for the opportunity that you're about to do what you're about to do. I like, I'm, I'm very particular. I wake up a certain time. I brush my teeth a certain way. I eat a certain thing every morning. On game days, it's a little bit different. On Sundays, it's a little bit different. But I have a routine of how I want to do things. I go to the gym at this time. I do this workout on this day at this time. That's the way that I am. I also go to therapy. I also make sure that, you know, I have someone that I speak to just to sort of break down what might be going on my mind. Um, the things that might be trying to alter me away from my past slightly so they can deviate me in the right way, like deviate me and keep me on a straight and narrow. Make sure I talk to the right people. I make sure I engage myself with people that are either trying to uplift me or people that are that I aspire to become. Um, I'm blessed that I have friends that um, are not only important people in the roles that they have in work i have someone that's a consultant for ey i have someone who's a big guy in an insurance company in australia um 
have someone that's kicking ass in Dubai right now. But um, it's not just that as well. Um, we have people who are prominent in their families too. You know, they have their own family. They have kids. They're in long-term relationships. And obviously I aspire to sort of be in a situation where I can be that too. So when I see them, I'm like, yeah, funneling all of that positive energy in my in my favour. So I guess in with regards to the chickens, talk to yourself, look after your mentors every day. Surround yourself with people that are only going to uplift you and bring the best out in you just by being in their presence. Understand that there's a difference between listening and hearing. You can hear some, you could like, what a lot of kids are guilty of, you can say something to someone and they can say, I hear you, but they're not actually paying attention to what's actually being said. Study what's being said and then take the message that you actually get from what you have listened to and pay it forward. And I really sort of, instill that in the kids that I mentor, which is why they've all had very successful seasons this year. And then in a basketball sense, it's emulate the good things that you see from people. So people watch me, the first thing they think of is, oh, energy, energy, energy. How can I impact? How can I impact my team positively by doing the little things? I don't have to score to be able to be on the floor for God knows how long. How can I be like that? How can I make the most of my opportunities? What are the little things that I can do? And then when you're watching others, it's who do I want to model my game around and who can I watch to improve? So when I watch NBA, for example, I watch players like Al Horford because he's someone that he can stretch the floor like I can. He makes high IQ plays. He runs the floor. He can bring the ball up. He does all the little things. He dives on the floor at 36. He boxes out. He's very fundamental. And I'm like, I can take all of these things and instill it in the patterns of my game. With regards to game preparation, I like to, on what I'd worked on, you know, for the week prior to games, but then I like to visualize what the game is going to look like, not just for myself, but for my team. I like to take 10, 15 minutes out, headphones on, close my eyes and just see how the game is going to play out. Because what I've learned is when you visualize, when you visualize what you want your reality to be, it's going to manifest itself in the way in that way more, more often than not. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, visualize visualize what I want to do, how I want to do it, and make sure I do it, and then make that a habit every single week. Visualization, study, mental talk every single week, every single day, and it becomes a pattern. You start to sort of realize that success will start to come because you're doing things to sort of empower positivity in yourself, especially with the mental talk, you know, the visualization, you're seeing the great things that you can do. The people around you, you're seeing the great things that they're doing. All of a sudden you're piling all of this positivity within you that you're, it's going to eventually just burst. You're going to want to do something with it. Hence you perform better in life. You perform better in school. You perform better. And yeah, I guess those are the three, those are the, those are the things, Uh, mental talk, Watch the company you keep, listen, don't hear, and visualize what you want your future to look like, whether it's near distance or near future or distant future. I want to uh, dive deeper into the the company you keep, because mm. um, I feel like that's one that's often overlooked. Like, I mean, we talked about uh, previously in your journey, you maintaining your solid foundation and staying who you are 
as you're ascending while there's some mm. players who as they're ascending you know they kind of uh tend to attract a certain crowd right or tend mm. to you know join the in crowd what what's popular and what's popular usually is like what's destructive right yeah <laughs> the yeah. drinking the partying the yeah. all all the things that are destructive that aren't yeah. <laughs> that that are going to force you to deviate away from the goal so yeah yeah why is it you know or i guess if maybe we can we can dive deeper into why your environment is so important like a lot of the things that you said were were counter to counterculture essentially because like you're saying in order to be a good basketball player we have to take control of our minds it's like what you you're telling me it's not about just dribbling the ball and perfecting my what what, what do you mean like why is that such an important piece to the puzzle so talk about it because so the mind is probably the most important muscle that you have in your entire body. Your mind controls your body. If you don't have the mind to do something, you're not going to do it. If you don't have the mind to wake up in the morning at six and get some shots up, you're not going to do it. If you don't have the mind to be, if you don't have the mind to wake up in the morning, you look outside, it's pouring down the rain. You're just like, you know what? I don't feel like working today. You're not going to go because that's what your mind is saying so I always try to make sure that my mind is in a space that one it feels comfortable two I can process what's happening around me and three I constantly feed it with affirmations and positivity so that I could have the motivation to go out and do the extra work go out to the gym go out affirm yourself study affirm yourself like this is good Uh, confident Mm. it could be something as small as all right like you wake up in the morning i rub my eyes i look outside and look at the time i'm like all right ray another day let's go get it you got this simple thing you know you'll get up in the morning you go through your routine but that's just the way that my mind works you know my mind is so because I've always been like obviously my growing up I've always been a very peculiar kid and I can say that openly I've just I'm just a really I've just been a weird guy but my mind now is programmed to seeing the best in every situation especially within myself because I approach every situation thinking this time it would be different if it was negative before and if it was positive I approach that situation with the feeling of this is going to happen again do you feel do you feel as if your peers and the people you surround yourself influence your thoughts they influence my confidence in my thoughts i think mm. that's something I, th- I think i'll put it that way because what my friends do like most most of my closest friends actually live abroad like i mentioned dubai um the states i have a really good friend who's actually out in boston i need to see her Czech Republic, Nigeria, you name it. Um, I've also got friends here too, but what all of them have in common, and this is the reason why I love them so much, like we have a period of time where we see each other all the time. We have a period of time where we don't, normally it's during the season we don't see each other. But what they do every single time without fail, and this is why I love them, is that they empower me to be me at all times. Mm. I'm not allowed to be anybody else. If some, if I feel jealous of something, they'll give me that platform to speak on it. If I feel away, they'll give me that platform to speak on it. We have a group chat. We talk all the time. We share stuff. We share memories. We do all of that stuff. But the thing that they do 
all the time, from Prince to Shaq to all of the Kings, you name it. They And this is why I love playing where I've played this year, because it's the first time I've actually felt like this, playing basketball. I was empowered to be me. When I'm empowered to be the person that I am, I have the confidence to be one and in sync with my mind. You know, it's made me want to continue to do the things that I have been doing because my people and the people around me are clearly showing me that this is the best thing for the situation. This is the best thing for us. You being you helped us win the league, for example, or you being you put us in a situation where we have two players in the British team of the year and the team of the year you being yourself made a contribution towards get promotion to the top division, you know? So because they've instilled that confidence in me to be me, they've instilled that confidence in me to trust my mind with what it's been doing. Mm. I'm just going to continue to do that. Yeah. That's, that's really dope. Cause like, Again, if you have people around you who are not confirming and giving you the confidence to make those decisions, mm. we see it all the time, you know, Buddy swings it to his two guard, his two guard misses a shot. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and don't then, the, the, and then the downhill spiral begins. Yep. <laughs> the big yep. man cuts, doesn't catch the ball. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. ah. then the doubt. But if yeah. you have people around you who are affirming and like, nah, it's cool, bro. Like, we're going to get it. You're going to get it back. But but that comes from, again, like the relationship, the quality of people you have around you because that yeah. has a direct influence. Yeah. Like even in a team setting, that it happens sometimes. Like, let's keep it a buck. It happens sometimes where you have four or five guys who are actually team-oriented and actually yeah. wanting to get better. And then the majority of the team is actually on some BS, not really yeah. focused, you know, kind of being yeah. negative, like, you as a player have to decide which group you're going to join. And it ha- you got to stick with the group that's empowering and uplifting because long-term, it's only going to benefit you. Like, what yeah. is it going to benefit you to get all the negativity yeah. inside of you? Like, yeah. that, like, what's in you is going to come out of you. So if you're exactly putting in that negativity, you're going to continuously put it out. And that's conducive to growing in basketball. Yes. And that's why I love my team this year. Like, just a testament to us. Like, we we didn't have anyone averaging crazy numbers. Everyone was. We had six guys averaging in in double digits, double digits for points. We had, you know, a couple of guys in the top ten in three point shooting. We had a couple of guys top ten in rebounding. Everyone was doing something. You know, everyone was contributing to the cause, and no one was really standing out. You know, our ethos was team offense, team defense. We work hard for each other, and that's that. Um, this is the first team where I've where I've been told, Ray, we want you to shoot the basketball from free. You know, they gave me the confidence and the comfort to be like, you shoot that shot. So much so, when I'm missing it, they're telling me, Ray, keep shooting that. And I've never had that before until I got to this point. You know? So, yeah, that's just, just to piggyback on your point. It's just trust. It's just a level of trust and an empowerment to be yourself. And when, you have to, when you're have you around that level of empowerment, your mind just does the rest. That's a fact. Oh, you hear me? Yeah? Yes, sir. All right, calm. So, question, man, and I've always been wondering this. 
this whole drink the stew can you, can you fill me in on this drink the stew concept <laughs> and how it develops is it is it appropriate for the content or, or no 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 it's appropriate it's appropriate i actually got it from i got it from my younger brother like we are a very fresh african family we love food we love our soups we love our stews and um I think one time on Snapchat, my brother was just like, he was going through a difficult time with work and everything like that. And he said, and he said, regardless of what happens in life, there's always stew at home. The only thing left to do is drink it. And I'm like, you know what? This actually makes sense for the way I live my life. So I've kind of just took it and just planted it in the way I do things. Like, I have to drink the stew. Like everything that I'm doing with regards to my work and how my training and my basketball and my studies, it's all part of a higher purpose. You know what I mean? I'm preparing. So my here's an example. My routine every week. I go to the gym. I get some shots up. I go to practice. Game day, I perform. Everything leading up to it is me cooking stew. I'm adding my seasoning. I'm adding my tomatoes. I'm adding, I'm adding my meats. I'm mixing it all together. When it comes to the game, it's time to drink it. <laughs> and I'm hungry. Yeah. So I'm trying to eat. <laughs> exactly. Everything I'm doing, I'm preparing this stew to drink. That's literally what it is. And what's funny is that my team is now adopting that. You know, like I've got my, 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 my teammate at London Elite, Corey, he goes up to me, he goes, yo, because he has a really good shooting day. And I put up a caption saying, oh, I made, I made a lot of stew, for, I seasoned a lot of stew for the team to drink. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm in a yard, man. <laughs> I've made bad soup this time. So, yeah, like, it's just, it's just a, it's just a mantra. Like, everything I'm doing, I'm drinking stew. And regardless of what happens, regardless of what happens in my life, obstacles, hurdles, wins, losses, ups, downs, lefts, rights, it's all part of my, it's all part of the ingredients for this gym I'm about to drink. So I'm going to keep drinking it regardless. No matter how old I am, I'm going to keep drinking stew. That's a bar. I'm taking that audio, that audio clip. Yo, that audio clip is going over a bunch of my basketball videos coming up. Thank you. I me in everything. Tag me in everything. Drink and stew, last question man. we got, and I wanted to make sure I, I created enough space and enough time yes. for us to actually like dive into this. If you, let's say you randomly pulled up on your 16-year-old self at a basketball court, mm. what are some words of wisdom that you would drop on him to get him prepared for the rest of his life? Mm. Right? That's a really difficult one because there's a lot of things that in the next not even i'm 31 now so there's a lot of things that will happen to 16 year old me in the next 10 years no i lie in the next from that from five years from 21 onwards that will alter his mindset on life the reason why i started the whole thing was saying that i'm thankful that i'm here and i'm alive and i'm well is because there was a universe where i actually wouldn't be here there was a period of time where I actually thought about doing something very, very unregrettable. My parents don't know. Only one of my friends know. And some people know. If it wasn't for the fact that there was a policeman passing by, 
I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. We would never have met the way that we did. We would never have had our workouts the way we did when I was at Greenwich. None of that would have happened. So I think the first thing I would have told 16-year-old me, just with regards to life, not even with regards to boss, but just with regards to life, is head up, chest out. You've got shit to do. <laughs> Like mm. you got shit to do, you got stew to drink, you got you got goals to accomplish. Things are going to happen that's going to fuck with you, but there is no way in hell you're allowed to let that change who you are. And I think that's the blessing that I eventually did not change the person that I was when I was sixteen. Till now, I'm the same person, a little bit more outspoken, a little bit more confident, but I'm the same person. Um, but there, there are so many universes where I would have just called it quits and just then did everything, and that would have been it. I would have first, first thing, the first thing I would have told sixteen-year-old me is, "You got shit to do. Obstacles will come. You have stew to drink. You're hungry, so drink it." The second thing I would have said was, and I discovered this Bible quote actually a lot later in my life. Do not be conformed by the ways of the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. If you can not let what the outer world, what like if you can let what the outer world is about to give you not affect you, you will be the strongest human on the planet mentally. Those are the two things. Those that, those that, I would have told them two. I would have told my sixteen-year-old me those two things, and the third thing I would have told him. Something Jalen Rose used to always say on his podcasts when he used to do it with David Jacoby. He used to say, in life, you never get what you deserve. You only get what you have the leverage to negotiate. So if I could not let the outer things get to me, if I could continue to persevere and drink stew, that's my leverage in negotiation. I can get anything that I put my mind to in life. And that's literally how I've been living my life. What is meant to be for me is there for me. If I can see it, I want it. I got into medical school the long way around, but I'm there. You know, became a pro the long way around, but I'm there. It's there now because I've seen it and I know that I can do it. And now I'm doing it. I'm not trying to let it go. I drank stew. That was my bargaining chip. That was my negotiation chip, you know? So those are the three things. Get yourself together. You got you got stew to drink. Number one, Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed by the ways of the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. That's two. Shout out, shout out to Paul Wall. Shout out to Paul. <laughs> the third is the third is. You don't get what you deserve. Only what you have the leverage to negotiate. Combine all those three things together. You literally have me. I am the physical manifestation of that. That is literally my whole life. And if somebody wanted to continue to follow your life, if they wanted to tap in with you, man, how would they tap in with you, Big Dog? Super underscore Bushman. Don't ask questions about why they call me the Bushman. It is what it is. Um, super underscore Bushman. Give me a follow. Drop me a message. Like I'm some. I'm very like out there. I can like. I'm happy for people to uh, talk to me, ask me questions if they're going through stuff. Um, if they want, you know, like 
to do like mental health sessions with me. I'm more than happy to sort of jump on and be a help, you know, if they wanted to work on, work on, you know, my game and everything, work on their game mentally. I'm more than happy to, you know, be a part of that. I know you're going to come through in, in June, you're going to be in London. So, you know, it'll be nice to see you and chop it up and maybe we can do it, you know, do another one of these, like do another one of these live, live versions of, of the podcast, you know, break bread some more, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, super underscore Bushman. I'm around. I'm open. I'm active. I'm here. You know, I'm not going nowhere. He said, I got stew to drink. I got stew to drink, man. I, I literally need to, to cook after this. I got stew to drink, man. All right, man. I'm going to let you drink your stew. Let me let me go ahead and prepare my own, man. Let's go. Let's go. Own. Let's go. Much <laughs> love, man. I appreciate you taking time, man. And yeah, I'll be seeing you in, yeah, about 45 days or so. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Look. I've always got time for you, man. You know how it hey. is. <laughs> yeah, Love you, brother. Love you, Love brother. you too, man. Love you too, man. Amen. Take it easy. Yeah, much love. Peace.